0: Block Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee. I'm Benny and he's Lee. He's out in western Kentucky and I'm over here around Ash, And uh, we're glad to be with you tonight. We got uh, Larry Vaught coming on today, J. R. Van Hoots. I don't know how many of you guys remember him from Paintsville, but uh, interesting stuff going on tonight And uh hope everybody's doing well And uh, I go back to work tomorrow So yes, folks, I do
1: not have the coronavirus Thank God <laughs> That's good news, Benny and, and and hope everybody else out there Big Blue Nation is doing well And I know we've had some uh, people That have lost their lives And uh, Governor Bashir has mentioned that In his post and in, in his uh, news conferences and I want to say first and foremost, I appreciate what he's doing for the state. Just in, and I'm not picking any side of politics here, but I like what he's doing. I think he's been a real calming voice. And anybody that gets to see or or listen to his uh, his briefings, it's very good. He, he's getting everybody involved and he's pulling us together. And I think that's what it takes. And if people would listen well, to common sense, they'd be good. You know.
0: As everybody knows, that's listening to this show from day one. I am a conservative through and through, mm-hmm. but I am impressed with uh, Mister Bashir, and I wish Mister Trump would take some lessons from Mister Bashir. <laughs> just to be quite honest with you, I and it's weird how it works politics because I'm not a big political person, but but I I'm leaning the other way these days. I'm just going to tell you. And I don't know how that's going to work out for me because there's a lot of issues that that I'm strong about, you know, that, that I don't even want to bring to this radio show, trust me. But I'm just saying the leadership that we've seen from Bashir, I'll say this, thank God it wasn't Matt Bevin. God, what a freaking idiot. And I don't care. I'm not one of those people that follow somebody out of, a blind political affiliation, it's ridiculous. Right. I mean, that, that dude is a freaking idiot, and I'm so glad he's not in charge of Kentucky right
1: now. Yeah, I am too. I mean, and, and, you know, it's just, you know, and I'm going to leave the the politics to uh, you know Matt Jones on KSR. He, he's he's doing enough for all of us, but you know, it, it's just nice to have a calming voice and somebody that's uniting as as one, as one voice. And what he's done from my opinion, what my standpoint is he's uniting us in this. And, and I honestly feel like we're not alone. And, and, you know, a lot of people are, you know, isolating themselves right now. And, you know, most people have family members and people they could be around, but you know, as far as support groups, you know, we're away from our churches now. I know a lot of churches are doing podcasts and, and, and doing some remotes and things where people can get in there and, and, and still be with people. And that's reassuring. And, you know, and thank God for, you know, modern technology to where we're, we can do that. We can FaceTime or we can actually be with somebody, even though it's over a cell phone or, or a computer. It's just something right. that we would not have yeah. had years ago. And I think it helps. I mean, it really does. But, but what he's doing, Bashir's is doing for us right now. I think he's pulling us together and uniting us. And really, I think Kentucky's doing a great job, and people just need to keep adhering to to the restrictions and, and listen to the advice because that's what's going to help us, you know, lower this curve and, and get us through this without, you know, a lot of casualties. Hey, and one thing—it's five one six.
0: Five three one nine four seven four. I'd like you to call in and, and tell us how your quarantine's going. You know, let us know what's going on. And Nick, I want you to know we haven't forgot about you up in Canada. And Nick's struggling through this because he's having trouble with isolation, and, and I get that because I'm a, I'm a people person too. I strive, and, and I don't know why, but I, I strive in big crowds. I, I enjoy it, and I can't be in a big crowd. You know, like I said, I went fishing. That's the first time I left the house. 20 days. I went fishing Saturday and enjoyed myself. But at the same time, you know, I'm sitting here. I catch a fish. I put him back and sanitize my hands. Now, you know, I'm pretty sure fish can't have coronavirus, but it's just the world we live in today. I'm just like, wow. And and my brother-in-law, he wasn't even sure he wasn't even sure he wanted to go with me because <laughs> I'd been on a cruise.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your test had come back probably.
0: <laughs> no, it hadn't. And I was like, dude, I've been at home for 17 days. If I had coronavirus, I'd be dead by now. I mean, I don't mean to say that, making a joke, because it's not funny, but I'm just saying I'd have, I'd have, you'd know it if I had it by now, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's scary. I mean, it really is. And it's, you know, it's nice to hear that people are out on the lake, and like you said, it, it's uh, you know, we talked before the show, and that the lake was crowded, and you know, it's good to see people getting out and actually getting to do some things that they can do, and still not, you know, break, you know, what we should be doing and, and breaking the rules and, and the advice given to us, you know, and uh, but uh, and I can't, you know, I can't
2: stress it uh,
1: Golf courses are full, cool, too. You know, we were, we were going to try to have Darren Feldhouse on last week, and he's he's busy. He's covered up with, uh, and I noticed the golf courses yesterday were busy. So there are things people can do. You just have to be careful and, you know, definitely practice. Keep practicing the social distancing, and you know, really you can do that in fishing. If you've got a long enough boat, you're going to be far enough away. And But, you know, just, just use common sense, people. That's all I can tell you.
0: That's what I was going to say. i seen a lot of people on pontoon boats yesterday that had six, eight people on. You don't need to do that stuff. And I'm not trying to be the police, because trust me, I'm as redneck as they get, and the water is where I feel at home. But I'm just saying, And this time, at this time, we really need to do our part to make sure we don't spread this thing. And I don't want this show to be about, about this. I'm just saying... My general, you know, just from my general experiences and what I see, I want you guys. I mean, it's like I was telling somebody I got two families. I think of my family before I go to bed, and I I pray for them, and I hope everybody survives, and I got my BBN family. And,
3: and,
0: And a lot of you guys, it's funny. I don't know if you all are the same. Like, a lot of these people, I don't even know what they look like that we talk to on Twitter, but I got a picture of them in my mind. And, and like Lee, I had a picture of Lee in my mind. It didn't look nothing like the real Lee. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Do you do that,
1: Lee? Yeah. 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 It, it's yeah. It's it's unusual. It is. It's funny and and, and strange, but it but it's but it's neat at the same time. And you know, and it's it's just a different in te- difference in in how we grew up and in, in modern technology, how it allows this. Because you know, I remember. In grade school, we had pen pals, and you know the schools would arrange that and work that out where you could have pen pals and things like that, which you never did meet, but you you know you did a handwritten letter and you mailed those, and and you did that for a short period of time. But you know now it's it, it's just amazing, and you know and one thing too, is I think during this time right now where we're isolated and people are home more, and uh, I think you develop somewhat a cabin fever and one thing is just like reading an email, you know, when you're on Twitter or Facebook and you read a message or a post and you can take it so many different ways. And, you know, and I, and I did that. I've been guilty of that, you know, as recent as yesterday. And there were some comments about Rex Chapman and how he was, you know, not penalized for the crimes he did and committed and, you know, and I, I kind of flew off the handle for that. Episode, but but the thing is, it's not there because there's no emotion behind a text or, or a post, and and so you know that's one thing that we I think that you know I definitely could get better at, and I usually have a cooler head, but you know I had a few beers yesterday, I was having a little bit of fun. So. That's my you know, hair you, you
2: know. And
1: I, I, I tend to a haircut, though. Let's don't go down that road. But the haircut's hell, buddy. I'll tell you. I, I mean, I've got one ear lower than the other, but you know, thank God it'll grow back. You know. But, well, I'm always you
0: Here's anyway. one, one more time before I let you cut mine, because I ain't even gonna take of myself. <laughs> I'm trying to find
4: somebody, because
0: you know I'm kind of particular about my hair. So, so you yeah, know, I me too. Like, like Terry, <laughs> Terry, he 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 saved his from off today, and I look at it and I'm like, man, I can't pull off the chrome dome because I got I got a weird shaped and I gotta have hair on the top. That's why I like a fade. I, I think but I I do way down.
1: I think that's that's about like me and you both. They, they could probably use our heads for basketballs, you know. But, I.
4: <laughs> but
0: anyway, what I'm saying here, folks, is, is we don't want to be all about the coronavirus because we're trying to get away from this stuff. But it is interesting. Like my family, we've come up with crazy ways of entertaining. I mean, we've been having dance-offs and everything else in the night. <laughs> And I'm uh, y'all yeah. seen me dancing. Y'all seen me dancing on the the leaked video there. <laughs> I'm not much of a dancer. I'll just be honest with you. But uh, you know what? We've had fun, and we've tried to entertain each other. And sometimes we get tired of each other. Don't get me wrong. Because I've got I've got a teenage girl and a woman in the house, and sometimes they gang up on me because they they think I'm too much of a man. But you know, it is what it is. I try to hold the family together, you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, and that's here with me, and, you know, and it's funny you say that because, you know, what this has done, it, it brought a sense of realism to, to everyone's lives, and, you know, and it's almost put us in kind of a survival mode type feeling, and, you know, it's what, you know, even the trips to the grocery store now, or more deliberate, you know. We we have a game plan on exactly what we're You're looking kid, for. Man. I mean, it, it's 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 insane. I mean, but you know, and you know, my thoughts are out there with everyone, and not just in Kentucky, but everyone that has children at home. And man, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 just different. Some people, I'm sure, are about ready to go crazy and climb the walls. Some people are probably enjoying it, and, you know. That's the thing. You, you just have to keep them busy and and find activities and things for them to do. But you know, stay home and or, or you know, you can go to a park, I guess, and, and things. But you just have to avoid contact. But you know, it, it's nice in a way because you know people are going to get out a little bit more and, and spend time with their families in their yards. And you know, unless they're still playing video games, or you have that too, but. Well, we've been seeing a little basketball
0: around here and doing some fun things, and it's been kind of kind of nice and relaxing a little bit. The, you know, the funny part is, and I don't mean this in a bad way because it's not bad. But since this all started, I've seen more kids outside playing than I've ever seen in my life. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. You know? Like my daughter, my oh. daughter, she never wants she never wanted to go outside. She's been outside in the yard. Of course, we've had some beautiful days here lately. Thank you, Jesus, mm-hmm. for that. And, and everybody's been outside, and, and I thought about it yesterday. I even talked to my brother-in-law about it. Or my future brother-in-law. I'm, I'm engaged. I'm not married. We've been engaged for a long time, but that's that's beside the point. But but anyway, my my future brother-in-law, who we were talking about, well, we'd like to have a family cookout, but we just we don't think it's reasonable right now because you don't know it's like they say you can have this thing for days and days and days and not even know you have it because it won't affect you but it'll kill the next person so that's what you yeah. got to think of you know we're a family we're all families and the bbn is a crazy weird family but we're all families and uh we've got somebody calling in i think it is uh You're on with well, uh, Benny and Lee. Hello.
4: Hello.
5: Hey, Welcome this is J.R. Yeah, this is Jr. Van Hoos. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing? And I want to Good. introduce you because I'm sorry I didn't recognize your number. We've got some technical difficulties. You're from Paintsville, Kentucky, a 1996 state champion. And you were the most valuable player as a sophomore. And you were Mr. Basketball in 1998, and you had a four-year career at uh, Marshall University. That'll be good. If I got if I got anything
1: wrong, you let me know. No,
4: and
1: Jr. Good. He's going to blame me because I do all the writing, so he's going to blame me. He's going <laughs> to blame me if I got something wrong.
5: <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> that was that was well, fine. Welcome though. to the show. We,
1: it's it's good to have somebody real educated, and, and I know you're going to be a great speaker because I, I i read a lot and heard a lot about you as a teacher, and so you're you're going to be way above just a couple old country boys from Paducah and and, and way over there where Benny's from. And but uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, Jr. And it, it's an honor <laughs> to have you on with us today.
5: Well, I appreciate it. I, I definitely uh, definitely looking forward to it, and. Uh, Give me uh, it gives me a little something to do besides being uh, quarantine over here. So. <laughs> yeah. And JR, I wanted to say something
0: before we got started here.
5: Cause I know
0: Lee's got a ton of questions, but I, I'm from Montgomery County, and and here's the funny thing. I don't know why, but I was telling Lee earlier today. I thought you played at Maysville. But I know I know better, and it's it's not like me to forget things like that. But I remember. <laughs> You, did you not have a game with Montgomery County in
5: '95? In '95, yeah, that was my freshman year. That was the first year we played in state tournament. I mean I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what. Billy Ray Falls could actually shoot shoot the lights out of it, man. He he really could. Yeah, Billy Ray is a friend of mine, and I, I know him from a
0: long way back, and I actually played with him some, but I. Like I was telling you earlier, I was kind of an idiot in high school, and I did some things I probably shouldn't have done. But <laughs> but that don't need to be broadcasted throughout the state here. <laughs> but I remember I, I ended that state tournament that year, and and I was thinking there was a game between
5: you two, but I, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we played. A, we played in the first round. They, that was the first time that I played the state tournament, and uh, Montgomery County beat us in overtime. Uh, Billy Ray hit a. Like he had most of that season, he hit a big three towards the end of the game to tie the game up, and, and they ended up beating us in overtime. I thought I remembered that, but, then,
4: uh, but
0: I, I guess you know why I would think he played for Mason County now, because we had a lot of battles with Mason County back in the day. But I, I knew better than that. <laughs> but I was telling Lay, my memory's kind of foggy. Which is sad, being 40, 43 years old, but your memory's foggy. Right? <laughs>
1: hey, but you I'm, can blame it on age, Benny. I'm going to blame it on the bourbon today, I think. <laughs> it could be. So, Jr, one thing that, that's really neat with you, and not a lot of people can say this, but you actually played in four Sweet 16s. And that that's amazing in itself. And I think I know. I'm pretty sure Richie Farmer did the same thing. But do you know any other players from Kentucky that actually had that? Because I I don't think there are very many at all.
5: Well, I know uh, I know Richie played the five. He played in one as an eighth grader as well.
4: Um, okay. Myself okay. and
5: uh, myself and my teammate Todd Tackett uh, from Paintsville, uh, who who is. Uh, Going into the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame later this summer, we both played in four. Uh, okay. And then when I started when I started coaching at Johnson Central in 2015, uh, my first year as coach there, uh, we won the region, and that was the that was the fourth time in a row that Johnson Central had won. And uh, uh, a few players off off of that uh, 2015 Johnson Central team that that made their fourth uh, time playing in the Sweet Sixteen. As well. Mm-hmm. But, and so, you know, there's been a few people that have done it and, uh, I, and I can even recall, uh, you know, way back in the 1930s and forties, I think on uh, had some players that played in four street state tournaments as well. So, you know, here in the 15th region, man, it, you know, it, 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 doesn't happen often, but it has happened before, right. uh, where teams have played in four street region tournaments, but then I, or, or, state tournaments, but I'll tell you what, it, it those trips were sure special. All four of them. That, that, you know, that's that's one thing I can say about it. They they were. That's something that not a lot of people get to do, and, and to do it four times, it was pretty pretty amazing.
1: And, and you mentioned Johnson Central, and you're actually assistant coach there, right? Right now, yes. is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. And how how did your season go last year? And 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 what, just just give us a scope. I know as a school teacher, what are you hearing? And when do you think Classes will resume. Do you have any idea what where, where are you all at right now? And I mean, this this has to just be to me, uh, you know, the children. I'm around here at, at the house. They they they're loving it. It's like kind of a break, and they're doing their thing on the computers and and uh, doing their classwork and, and and logging in. But you know, how is it affecting you? And, and are you are you talking to any of the students and just the Just tell us about the Van Hoos family and what's going on at your house right now, because it's crazy
5: everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you, this is, uh, you know, I'm a department head, I'm a social studies department head at Johnson Central, and and I still carry a full class uh, load as well. You know, I teach AP history, I teach regular U.S. history, uh, and I also teach criminal justice, and. You know with these nti days these non-traditional instructional days that the governor has been talking about we we have been doing that uh you know for snow days around here since i've been at johnson central and so you know we were kind of used to doing you know being out of school for a few days and doing the computer-based learning where you would not really have any uh, disruptions in your typical classroom style you could Actually, going with your lessons, you could hold online classes and things like that, so you know being able to do that the last few weeks um, and I have talked to a lot of my students it it's been you know I mean it's been almost business as usual, but you know it's been three weeks uh, you know I haven't seen my students I haven't been in my classroom uh, you know fortunately you know because Johnson Central is what they call a one-to-one uh, student-to-technology ratio school. You know, all of our students that come through the high school and, and in our elementary schools now, they each get a Chromebook, a little, a small little computer uh,
3: to help mm-hmm. them with
5: these NTI days. So, you know, I have been able to keep up with my students, and they have the technology that, you know, as far as what we are learning and, and doing is – it's a little bit different, but you know we're still trying to keep them on pace. Uh, but man, I tell you what, this is this is, and I tell people this all the time. This is definitely something I've never seen before in my lifetime. Um, you know, the quarantine, the stay at home, and, you know, social distancing. I mean, you're starting to learn all kinds of new terms and phrases and things like that. And uh,
3: you know, you really
5: just it, it feels it feels like everybody's going back to those days where. You know, you had to try to figure out ways to entertain yourself. Uh, You know, technology can only do so much before you stay bored. Um, So, you know, what my wife and I, we, we, of course, you know, people know this about me. I love to read books and I love to study and and things like that. uh, You know, history books are are definitely, uh, uh, you know, something that I enjoy. So a lot of reading, a lot of studying, um, you know, just... uh, I, you know, I, I I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, I'm still trying to to do the same things that you've always done, go out for a drive, things like that. But uh, mm. uh, you know, it, it's it's really been tough. And as far as anything that we're hearing, uh, you know, they don't really tell us as teachers too much. Uh, you know, I, I know that we're going to be out of school through April the twentieth, um, and I, and I expect probably the that week before April the twentieth that. You know, they'll either be letting us know, look, you know, you're going to be out a couple more weeks and then we'll be back in school or, you know, it just doesn't look like we're going to be able to finish school this year, uh, you know, or something like that. So, I, I, I don't look for us to go back on April the 20th. Uh, I would be surprised. But, you know, I mean, who who knows how long this could be. I mean, it could last all summer. I mean, nobody yeah. really knows right now. That, that's what's scary. Exactly. And they
0: are I want to say, to you and all the rest of the teachers out there, you're all doing a hell of a job because I've got a 13-year-old at home here, and they've really been they've been having video classes and things like that that we couldn't have imagined when we were in school, obviously. But they've been doing a heck of a job, and they've been staying in touch with me, let me know. Because my daughter, unlike me, she's a great student, and she does a great job, and they have they have really... There's nothing that, that has changed other than the personal interaction. They've been They've been great, and, and I'll say the teachers yeah. are under underpaid and underappreciated, and I'm starting to get a greater appreciation for that right now, with the times that we're in, because they've done one hell of a job.
2: Well,
5: I I, I definitely appreciate that, and I, I do agree with you. We are a little underpaid. I, you know, I wish uh, I, um, I wish we could get paid a little bit more, but I, I think going into the I think going into it and becoming a teacher, you know you're not in it for the money. You're in it for the kids and for especially me. I mean, the reason I became a teacher is I love history. I love to talk about history. I love to uh, express my enjoyment with others uh, about history. And, uh, you know, it was just something I thought would be natural because, I mean, really, you know, what kind of job uh, would I have been able to have that, you know, it's something that I like to do. In my spare time, I love to read about history. I love to study historical figures, and you know, you get to you get to show that and talk about some of these stories to your students, and you know, it's just a blast to be able to do it.
1: Well, and and I'm going to interject something a little funny in here because you know, I think all three of us right here, you know, when we we went to school is a little bit different than today, and you know, and you know, if you got outlined, and I'm going to tell you, I I. I Talk my way out of some paddlings in, in my day, and, and I can honestly say I, mean, I, I I never had one, but I can tell you right now, Jr. if you were my teacher, I definitely wouldn't want you. I wouldn't want you on the other side of the paddle on me. I'm telling you, 6'10", and I mean, big guy. I mean, I can't imagine how, how that would feel. You know? That's probably one of my biggest yeah. disappointments that he didn't become a Kentucky <laughs> Wildcat
0: because I thought he <laughs> well, should did i been. Uh, I remember you. I'll tell you I might
1: listen, not have remembered exactly. exactly. Well, I, I want to hear you this little little, I, I want to hear I'll a little, little bit too on on, uh, on how that all went down with Rick Patino and and, and uh, because I know you had some visits there and uh, and, and yeah, I, I agree too. And we we know who you are, or we wouldn't even ask you on the show. But um, you know, we would have loved to see you at Kentucky, and and how you made the choice for. You know what was best for you, what you thought was best for you, and but how did that all come down? And 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 where was Kentucky at? I mean, this was during the uh, you know the the three NCAA championships, and so Kentucky was on a roll and a real high there. And I know we had a coaching change from Patino to Tubby, but where where was Kentucky with you in, in recruiting? And and how close was, was there ever a chance that you were going to play at Kentucky? Well, I
4: tell you, you know,
5: growing up in in Kentucky, and, uh, you know, I, I can I can say this probably for most of the kids in the state. I mean, when you grow up in Kentucky, you want to play for Kentucky uh, in college. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just – I guess that's kind of bred into you. But, you know, growing up as a young kid, uh, you know, John Pelfrey played at Paintsville as well. And so, you know, I got to watch yep. John play. I, I vaguely remember playing him in high school uh, – playing – Watching him play in high school, you know, I was in first grade when he graduated. But I can, I can definitely recall, you know, watching him play at Kentucky. I remember Christian Leitner hitting that shot. Of course, they've been replaying uh, it the last couple of weeks. Um, but you know, I the dream was always to play at Kentucky. Um, and to be honest with you, they did recruit me uh, fairly well, especially when Coach Patino was there. <clears throat> and then they had that coaching change with uh, Coach Smith came in and. You know, they had signed some big guys uh, already, and uh, I believe uh, – I'm trying to think here. was it, McClure? There was a big guy from – yeah, well, there was a big uh, post player from Massachusetts, I believe, him, but transferring and going to Villanova, Michael Bradley. Yes. They had signed him. Yes, Michael um, Bradley. Jules Camara was already coming in. You're better than big guys already. Well, they already had some big guys at those positions, and, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, Coach Smith, he just didn't recruit me very much, I guess, uh, you know, and my teammate Todd Tackett ended up going there, and, and, you yeah, know, I, I, I could have yeah. forced, I, you know, I don't, I I probably could have forced my way at, into Kentucky, you know, Coach Smith even told my dad once that, you know, they wanted me to wait till the spring, and maybe there would have been a scholarship available, but. You know, I was just ready to sign in that early signing period, uh, November of my senior year. And, you know, the Kentucky thing was, was great, uh, getting recruited by them. But, you know, it just it just didn't look like there was going to be a lot of playing time early just with hey, the personnel that they we, had. And uh, We
0: completely understand the decision you made. But we also understand they messed up. I mean, it's
5: just you came out
0: as heart. And people think they can, and a lot of recruiting experts make this mistake. You can't measure heart. And you no. had it. and I, I remember you playing, man. And you, and I wish, I wish the hell you was at Kentucky. But I understand your decision because you're you're thirty miles from where I live, where you played, and 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 you yeah. had a pretty good career. I'm,
5: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't regret, uh, you know, anything about going to Marshall. I even got to play against Kentucky, uh, my senior year in college when I was at Marshall and, you know, coach Smith was, uh, was still there. And, and, you know, and I, I, I felt that I proved myself, uh, in that game. I had a, I had a double, double one of the very many that I had in my college career at Marshall. And, and, uh, when I got taken out of, they, you know, they only beat us, I think 13, 15, something like that. And, uh, you know when I got taken out of the game right at the end I got a standing ovation from the people in the arena which uh, was definitely pretty special uh, I don't think very many yep. opposing uh, players that play against Kentucky get that kind of exit uh, and, and so you know I, I felt good I felt good about my uh decision and I definitely don't regret anything you know some of the best friends that I have in the world now are people I played with at Marshall or people that I encountered at, at Marshall and so it uh you know, looking back, it, it was definitely the right decision for me, and and I'm glad that you know, as an 18, 17, 18 year old kid, I was able to make that decision uh, for what I thought was going to be best for me. Sure, and and I tell you,
1: you know, the, the caliber player you are, you were, Jr. was amazing, and, and and I understand that completely too, and and I think, you know, and we can compare that to, you know. Kentucky now, and you know, with Lil Whitney and now Johnny Juzang, and sometimes it's just not a fit. And, you know, I really, I don't like seeing someone make that decision, and and it be the wrong decision, even though they, they have an easier way out now than you did, because transferring back then was a little more difficult. So if you had come to Kentucky and realized, well, hey, you know, now I want to go to Marshall, you know, it would have been a little bit tougher, and you would have lost some eligibility. So, it's a lot easier to do that now. I think you're going to see more kids, you know, maybe making these bad decisions. But it sounds like you made the right decision. And, and you know, to me, you'll always be a Kentuckian. And and, and whether you want to say Kentucky Wildcats, to me you're still a Kentucky Wildcats, whatever That's that means. Right. But you, you will always be a Kentuckian and you'll always be welcome. And, and I think, you know, I'm glad you told us that story because I remember watching that game. Yeah, because I never miss a Kentucky game, and and those are some good teams. And uh, but yeah, I think you average actually averaged a double double for your career at Marshall. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's correct.
0: And, and, he's
1: a bad now, dude, I man. Tackett, you know, and I, I was I was lucky, I was fortunate enough to meet Todd Tackett several years ago, and I believe he's at Paducah Tillman, and I, they were doing one of the senior deals, and. Uh, after the season and a uh, great player you know there there was another great player are you still in touch with him and what's he doing these days
5: oh yeah you, you know I'm uh, you know, good friends with Todd of course we grew up together and, and uh, you know did all of our stuff through high school and, and uh, you know he lives in Lexington um, really looking forward to uh, him getting inducted into this high school basketball hall of fame uh, in Elizabethtown that that's a very special honor. You know, I, I've already been inducted into that. John Pelfrey has as well. And, and then this summer, Todd Packett and our high school coach, Bill Mark Runyon, get inducted. So, you know, for a small high school like Painesville uh, to already have four members in this Hall of Fame where they've only been inducting people since 2012, you know, that, that kind of speaks for, you know, the talent that we had in the 80s and 90s there. And, and I mean, shoot, the guy that developed all that talent, our high school coach, you know, he's going in as well. So, you know, I mean, it's it, it it's definitely a, a big honor, and, a, and I can't wait to see both uh, Coach Rungan uh, and Todd get inducted this summer. Yeah, I'd say it's right and,
0: and if I could say something about Kentucky basketball, like I say, I graduated in 95, and I follow Kentucky basketball probably as much as anybody. Anybody you can imagine. I'm, I'm not popular about it, and people don't really care about my opinion. But here's the thing. Kentucky gets a bad rap because we're kind of small, and a lot of guys don't get the credit they deserve. That's like John Pelfrey and Richie Farmer, all those guys. They would have never got a chance had we not been going through what we were going through. I mean, it's like Dante Allen at Kentucky right now. People think because he's from Kentucky and he averaged 50 a guy. Man, I don't care where you're from. If you average fifty a game, you can play. Rex Chapman didn't average fifty a game, and I'm not trying. I'm not talking bad about Rex or anything like that because I love Rex. He's one of my all-time favorites. But you guys get a bad rap in the state of Kentucky because they think, oh well, there's not enough competition. But the people that say there's not enough competition in Kentucky high school athletics do not watch Kentucky high school athletics. You should have been a wild kid. I I believe that until the day I die, and I'm glad you chose what was best for you. And I think. I still think you're great, but you guys didn't get the credit you deserved. You don't become, you know, the all-time, you know, it's like I say, you were the, the MVP as a sophomore. You don't do that unless you're deserving.
5: Yeah, you know, I mean, and and I can even take it a little bit further. You know, you know I'm 40 years old, and, and I can already see a change in basketball from when I played to now. You know, when I was in college, you know, you still had some guys that were fairly decent, I should say great, uh, you know, and they would spend a year in college and then go on to the NBA or, or even before I played in college. You know, that's when you had Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant, guys like that, deciding to go in high school. But now it seems like more and more there are so many more kids that are just one and done. You know, it just seems like they're, they do that more often than the – than they did 20 years ago. And so yeah, I, I understand that it's really hard for a fan base to get behind their school when there's new players in every year or every other year. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's one of the things where Kentucky kids get a bad rap. You know, there are still a, a good number of Kentucky kids that have made it to the, to the pros just in the last few years, and, and they haven't played at Kentucky. Um, you know, Ray Spalding. Uh, He graduated from Louisville Trinity in 2015. You know, he got drafted a couple years ago. He's in the NBA. Uh, And, and, you know, we can just name so many kids that have played at different schools, uh, you know, that have made it to that that place. And so, you know, like you said, I think Kentucky kids do get a bad rap probably because most fans, and and that's fine, most fans in Kentucky are fanatical about the Cats. They really – if you're a a kid that goes out of state, they really – they really tend to forget about you, and uh, you know sometimes you have to remind those people. Hey, this, you know, this guy's from Kentucky, uh, that's in the NBA, and oh yeah, I remember that guy. I, I didn't know what happened to him, so you know when, when right. you tend to not play for Kentucky, people tend to forget about you a little bit.
0: And I'll say this, yeah. and people will say, you know, you're you think better of yourself or whatever, but I really don't care. The ones of us that know basketball. Don't forget, like like Lee and myself, we haven't forgot about you. We remember you. And we remember Chris Lofton. The two biggest mistakes Kentucky ever made, in my opinion, are you and Chris Lofton. Because you would have been, at the very least, a 10-10 guy at Kentucky. And who in the hell don't want a 10-10 guy? That's what I'm saying. A guy that that has passion for, uh, and I know you can't say it, but it's pissed me off since, since since that day That they didn't bring you in Because you could have been a 10-10 guy at the least Like I said, probably more You know, you get you get the coaching and, and who knows what you could have been In Kentucky And like I say, you're glad you went to Marshall And I'm glad you went to Marshall Because i seen you at Marshall And I, I followed Marshall I mean, don't get me wrong I'm 30 miles from their school But I'm also a big blue fan and I understand how it works in today's world with Cal Perry and a One and Dones. You get you get the uh, elite of the elite guys, and that's what you do. But th- but this wasn't the Cal Perry era. And Tubby, as much as we all loved him, the one problem that he had, which is probably what happened in your in your time, was he was not the best recruiter. He didn't he didn't have that. He was an X's and an O's genius. He really was, but he was not the uh, the kind of guy to go in and sell it to you like he should have.
5: And I think he should have yeah. brought you in. I think he should have brought Lofton in. Well, you know, the the whole thing with the recruitment process, you know, he got hired, you know, Coach Smith got hired uh, the summer before my senior year. And, and of course, I, I was one of his very first phone calls. You know, they – they could call incoming seniors I think starting on July 1st that summer before your senior year and I, and I want to say Kentucky called you know maybe eight o'clock in the morning I mean they were one of the first five schools that called that day and you know Coach Smith was really enthusiastic he talked about wanting to recruit Kentucky kids and you know he had been following me uh, you know he'd been at Georgia and places like that and so he'd been following me before that and and Todd and I were scheduled to go to that Adidas uh, ABCD camp that they used to have. I think they actually still have it in New Jersey, you know, like the top 100 players in the country or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were going to watch us both up there, and, and I thought I had a really good camp. I mean, I you know, I made the top 20 all-star team and, and uh, you know, one of the top 20 players in the camp out of supposedly the – top 100 players in the country and and kind of amazingly i really never heard from coach smith again my dad talked to him a few times but uh
3: you know Winston oh, Bennett, I mean. uh,
5: contacted me a couple times but other than that you know i i think they they kind of based their decision on my performance that camp which i thought was i i did pretty well but i mean guys you know you know how it is in summer camp you know post players rarely, rarely touch the ball and and, uh, exactly. Yep, you don't get you don't get judged on a lot, but uh, you know, I you know, top twenty all star game. I thought uh, I thought that was pretty good, but uh, you know, yeah, kinda it kind of ended right there, and I never I never yeah. really heard much from them again. All right, so
1: it, you you bring me to this one too, and and I know the Indiana Kentucky love hate relationship there. So, and I know Bobby Knight was recruiting you pretty heavy and I know you made uh you made a visit at least one visit there. And and you got an interesting story there. And I think uh Dan Dockich, love or hate him, you know, some I don't know. I I know when uh Dan was over at the Big Blue Madness in uh, the Bahamas, he, he became a Kentucky fan and some big blue nation took him in, actually adopted him. After all these years that that he just seemed like he had it in for Kentucky and and then uh so it seems like you swayed a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit about your visit? I think Bobby Knight was ejected.
5: Can you tell us a little bit about that visit? And how that all <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, That's a well you know, uh, to to kind of go back a little bit, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this about me, but my father my father was born here in Paintfield, Um, but when he was three, uh, my grandparents and him they moved to Indiana to find work. Of course, they used to call the Appalachian Highway. A lot of people from Appalachia moved north to Ohio, Indiana, Michigan to find work in the 50s. And so <clears throat> my parents didn't grow up in eastern Kentucky. They grew up in northern Indiana. So, <clears throat> you know, my dad was a diehard Bobby Knight guy. You know, he, my dad grew up and played high school basketball against Kyle Macy and, and uh, you know, played for a coach who was actually still coaching high school basketball in Indiana right now. This is uh, – I think this is like his 45th year or something like that coaching. So, wow. <laughs> I mean, this guy's been doing it forever. And, uh,
4: That's you know, so,
5: I mean, Indiana was – you know, I always heard stories about Indiana high school basketball, not Kentucky high school basketball. And so, you know, of course, when – you start getting recruited by Bobby Knight. I mean, that's a huge deal. And uh, so my dad and I were up there for an unofficial visit. We'd actually drove to Bloomington, and and Coach Knight had actually come and watched me play in down here in Eastern Kentucky a couple of times as well. And uh, I think Coach Knight got thrown out like at halftime or before halftime. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Everybody everybody's shocked, right? Shocked. Was he wearing
0: a black coat, guys, coat?
5: Do what now? I was he wearing he was a plaid coat. coat
4: that night?
5: <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, the, the reason I don't know what uh, he was wearing, you have to listen to the end of the story. So, like, I just kept telling my dad, oh, I bet Coach Knott's mad. And so everybody knows. You know, <laughs> everybody knows what Bobby Knott's like when he's mad, <laughs> <laughs> go, you know, oh, Coach Dackett comes up after the game and, and uh, he wants me to come down to the locker room so of course I, I'm down there and, and you know this is you know when Neil Reed was there and Jason Collier and, and you know guys like that and so you know, I'm just sitting around the locker room waiting and Coach not never comes in so I'm thinking man he's really mad. I can't wait to see what this halftime or this uh, after I mean you know they won but I couldn't wait to see what the after game comments were, and you know, here comes yeah. the the governor of Indiana into the locker room. Like, you know, <laughs> the governor and all this, and yeah. it's like twenty minutes go by, and Coach Stackit finally comes back in. and He's like, "JR," he's like, "I don't know what to say. He said, "Coach Not went home." <laughs> and so I was like, I, "He just went. He went home." I mean, there were other recruits there, and the governor was there, and Coach Knott <laughs> didn't care. He went to the house. He, he was done with it. it. He was done with it all. Hey well, they I, are i it, I'm gonna tell you, stuff.
0: I think you're, uh, I think you're blessed that he went home because I love you. I think I think you had a great career, and like I said, I've always wished you was at Kentucky. But man, you said Neil Reed there, and that, that just brings back some bad memories. I I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, you know,
5: you know, everybody's seen that thirty for thirty, uh, you know, about him and Neil Reed, and and you know. What happened, I mean, we all know what happened, but listen, you know, and hearing stories from my dad, like, you know, he grew up listening to those Bobby Knott stories, uh, you know, of course, before Neil Reed and all that stuff and the season on the brink book that came out in the early 80s. And I mean, it was, uh, I don't want to say that I probably could have handled it, but yeah, I, I mean, I, Shoot, I, I, playing for a Bobby Knight, yeah. That probably that probably would have been a little bit different. I'm sure Look, you could have handled it, little without bit hell, del- but you don't. There's no need to handle it. I mean, oh
0: no, I no, love, no, no, I mean, I, I love basketball. I'm a basketball purist. But Bobby Knight, and, and and I hope that I don't make you mad,
5: but Bobby Knight was a freaking asshole. He treated people. Oh, listen, league. listen. And we. I know. mean, when, I went. I went to more than one visit up there, and so like the very first time I met Bobby Knight, I was—we had just won the state tournament, and I was getting ready to be a junior in high school. And like I said, my family lives in Indiana, so we were at—we were vacationing uh, at my grandparents in Indiana. Uh, Coach Dakis wanted to know if we could come to Bloomington, so you know, my mom and dad, and my sister and myself, we—we all went to Bloomington and uh, got—you know—got to meet with Coach Knight and. You know, he set us in the locker room and one of the first things he said, he told he told my mom, he said, Now Miss Van Hoose, he said those stories that you've heard about me are true. He said, So if you get offended by cussing, you know, I, I don't mind if you need to step out and you know, and, and walk around with the other coaches and you know, she was like, No, that's that that that's fine and, and you know, I mean when he started talking it was you know, F this and G D that I mean it was I mean he He was everything you thought he was gonna be. I mean it wasn't he didn't try to sugarcoat anything. I mean it was you know, it was no. a personality. So hey, he I'm thing for sure. And and well I'm gonna say one thing too, and, and you know, and and
1: you know, how much changed, you know, in, in from that day to the present day in you know, I mean, you can look at someone like Bobby Knight, you can look at Woody Hayes, uh, you can look at Bear Bryant, just the coaching styles and, and that demeanor. And, and and I can even relate to that in manufacturing, which is what I do now. And the, the iron fist is, is no more. And you, you just can't pound on people like that. And and, and it's a good thing. And, uh, and, and yeah. we learn, and we yeah, learn I mean, from I, that, you
5: know. The iron fist well, yeah, I think, for the, I think for the, I think for the majority of it, guys. I mean, you know, I think we all grew up in the same era. We probably, and and I know I did, Bill McRummy. You know, we all had coaches that tended to motivate you a little bit differently <laughs> than they get motivated today. <laughs> you know what? You know what? And, I, and you know, I mean, and that's okay. I mean, growing up like that. I mean, I didn't know anything different. You know what I mean? I mean, my dad are, This is probably the best view we've ever this, had. We've We've never heard listen me, coach, guys listen, I've got, I got stories hit. for days, so hold on yeah, so, so like my my dad was an assistant coach when I played. I mean he he was an assistant coach before I started playing in high school. And uh so like I had to grow up in that era where you know, like I'm in sixth grade and, and Coach Runyan is letting me practice a couple of times with the varsity team. And I, you know, I'm. It, I mean, he would talk to me like I was one of the high school players. You know, here I am, 12 years old, and so I knew going into high school what it was all about. You know what I mean? And and that was that's what made me such a good player was that I was prepared to take you know the cussings and all that stuff. But listen, I mean, my dad, I, we we went round and round, not on the basketball floor, but when we got home. You know, from the gym or from games. I I we I went to summer camp at Paintsville uh, when I was 13 years old. I was getting ready to be an eighth grader, and uh, I was on my dad's JV team at Georgetown College. And I wasn't. I guess I wasn't playing hard or whatever he thought playing hard was. So he takes me out of one of these games, and you know how competitive summer games are. You know, and so he flips a quarter at me and. I, I said, "What's this for?" And he said, "Call your mom." And so I immediately thought something was wrong. Like at home, I said, "Why? Why do I need to call mom?" And he said, "Call your mom and tell her to come get your ass. Because if you don't play any harder, you're not going to play for me the rest of the week." And I was like, uh, "Okay." And what made that worse was my dad was my roommate, so I had to stay in the same dorm room with him after he just kicked me off his team. Right. So, so then I tell I had after a couple games of not playing, I had to tell Coach Runyon. Uh that my dad wasn't playing me in the summer games, and so he let me play on the other varsity team, which made my dad even worse, and so he didn't talk to me for the rest of the week so i mean <laughs> that, you know that yeah i mean that was just that was just typical you know yeah. just yeah. your- your dads were always harder on you, and uh yep, yeah. you know they just won they just wanted you to i i don't know i i guess they didn't want you to experience some of the things that they had, and they wanted you to be better and you know more headstrong than yeah. they were but
1: i you know i didn't <laughs> I think, think
5: so. I, I didn't you know i didn't think it was like abuse or anything i just no yeah, you know either. i probably do have to right. play a little bit harder you know i, I want right. to be successful i want to play hard so you know i thought well. they were and, and they were they were doing the best that they knew how to try and motivate me huh. And, uh, I think so, and I, I you know, think I, it was just
1: all preparation because they wanted they wanted to be tougher than anything you would ever face in life or on the court or in anything you you did, you know. and, and, yeah, and, and like I know, said, it, I think all of us have a, a great respect for all our coaches, and and I tell you what, I mean, I can, I can relate to, not so much on the basketball court because you know we ran a we ran a half mile around a field that was bush hogged, and and we ran it on our ankles and. And uh, you know, you talk about you you have black racers chasing you, He made you run a little faster. <laughs> and uh I, I'm telling you, man, this is no an joke. And, and but I had a football coach and, and he's in the KHSAA Hall of Fame and I'm not gonna say his name, but I, I love the man to this day and uh and and I'll be there when he when he passes away, I'll be at his funeral, but you know, have me down have me down with a helmet to and yell it in my ear hole, had my head pinned to the ground and told me I better not miss the bus again. And so, you know, but that's that was wasn't anything wrong with that. You got up and you took care of business. And
2: uh yeah, it, it's, it's just different. You know, it's a different I've day, and I think
5: that's
1: where we see players now. We 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 give them that tag that they're a little bit softer now, and I think that I think it's appropriate.
5: Well, I tell you, I tell you what I see. You know, this is my this is my seventeenth year as a as either a head coach or an assistant coach in high school basketball. And, you know, what I see a lot of is I see a lot of kids that talk back to their coaches. And I, yeah. I never would have dreamed to do that because if I had to talk back, I wouldn't have had to worry about what my head coach did. My dad would have not been in the next week. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'd talk back yeah. to the head coach. You know, what do you do? That's doing? what I always but, say,
1: Darrell. We'd be picking yeah, up Yeah, I mean and- – <laughs>
5: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, you know, you see it happening. You're like, did I just see what I what I think I just saw, and nobody got hit or something? Like, what, what's going on? And so, you know, I, I I don't know if players are softer. I think they just, and and I don't really know how to describe it. I think in this social media age where <laughs> they've grown up and and, and Shit, they can man. be whoever they they can be whoever they want to be on Twitter and Facebook. You guys yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, they can, yeah. right, these did. kids have That's grown these kids thing. have grown up to these kids have grown up to where they can say anything behind a keyboard, yeah. and they feel that it gives them the power to say anything face to face. You know, and you where, where we grew up in the air, do what now? chopped the head in the football. I got hit in the face
0: one time from a coach with chalk. Because I wasn't paying attention huh? in in football
5: practice, and I'm thinking if that happened
0: today, there'd be a lawsuit.
5: <laughs> oh, god! Somebody, somebody'd be fired. It'd be on CNN, and I yep. mean, it'd be on Fox News, yep. you know. But I mean, it just it just amazes me that kids today what how they treat their and and even more than that, like stuff that I hear coming coming from the stands on the bench, like directed at coaches. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I I never would have embarrassed myself yelling at my kids coaches or you know, the opposing team's coach. I I, I mean it's sometimes it's just it's just flat out embarrassing. But yeah, I, you know, I I don't know I what they change. I, I really I really don't know. I have you know there was a coach I coaches all,
1: we, oh, yeah, all talking.
5: the coaches that we played for I, you know they, I, they definitely wouldn't be able to coach today. That's for sure. No, <laughs> that. But,
1: you know I, there was such a level of respect back then, though, that you know in, in the huddles, and, and I don't care what sport it was—basketball, uh, even baseball or football—and when our and we we still were able to do three sports or, or more. You know, even four with with track. And uh, you can't do that now. But the respect for the coach. I mean, you could you could hear a pin drop, and uh, and that's
5: no that's no joke. That's no
1: exaggeration at all. It, well, it was listen, I mean,
5: just this, this, total silence. Yeah, think about my situation. So, like playing for Bill Mike Runyon, who had already coached a Kentucky Mr. Basketball, John Pelfrey, and had already won yeah. three region tournaments and been to the Final Four. You didn't question what that man said because he'd already done it. I mean, what what were you? Right. About? He'd coached a Mr. Right. Basketball. He'd been to three state tournaments. You were going to listen to what he said because you wanted to play in the state tournament, and he knew what it took to get there. So, you right. know, that's, I mean, you didn't question that what he was doing. He was trying to get us to the state tournament, and we understood that. That's why no nobody questioned. You know, we might have when we got home. I can't believe I can't believe we had to run all those sprints, or I can't believe he yelled at me. But we definitely weren't going to do it to his face or to another coach. That's for sure. <laughs> That's
1: the truth, brother Well, i
5: tell you
1: what junior it, it's been a true honor And i tell you what We're going to have to have you back on here Because it, Hell it just, yes I love you know, this, JR. this time flew by And and uh, Just just wonderful having you on And we appreciate your time so much
5: Well, I, guys, I appreciate it And listen, I mean It doesn't look like I'll be doing anything In the next few weeks I'll be on quarantine <laughs> But give me a call I'll be on whatever <laughs> Okay, uh, well We, it, we man, appreciate
0: you a lot, and and it brings back a well, lot of no memories because I, I remember those days, and like I said, it's it's something else. It's it's crazy the way the way. I actually had a, a parent that like you was talking about the coaches get on to me because I didn't play her daughter in a, in a basketball game, and I'm talking about a little bitty basketball game, and she refused to go in. I tried to put her in. She refused to go in the game. And I was like, all
5: right, <laughs> don't worry about it. You don't want <laughs> yeah. <have> to go. <laughs> I, if you don't want to play, I don't really care. That's all about me. Yeah. Yeah, I've I, I've been in that position a couple times as coach. You know, when you don't play a kid and their parent says something and you don't, I mean, again, politically correct, you don't want to say, look, your kid's terrible. I I just I can't do it. You know, you can't say that anymore. So you just kind of have to take it. You know, you just have to take the yelling and the screaming and just move on with it. So, I've been there, guys. I've been there. It's not—it's not, not fun. It's not a fun business. You gotta—you gotta have a special heart for it. That's for sure.
1: Right. And enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Jr. And uh, thank you for everything. And, and we're glad to have have had you on today. Well, God,
4: thank
1: it. Any time you need me,
5: just give me a call.
1: We will do it and good luck. And, and y'all stay safe. Okay.
5: All right. Y'all too. Take care.
1: Wow. What a, what a great conversation, Benny. I mean, that amazing. Absolutely amazing. Right. And, you know, so many stories, it's it just, you know, it, it's just neat to hear these stories because it's a little more in depth than what we ever hear. And, you know, I would have probably never talked to J.R. and Hoose knew who he was and, um, but just, just, just great conversation. And, and and what are people doing right now? I mean, I, you know, I, I get it. It's nice outside. Maybe they're not going to listen to the podcast today, but I hope they'll play it <laughs> back because we've had some great shows this year, bud.
0: They better listen
1: because we, we got this,
4: you know what I'm saying?
0: And, and, and man, I'm
4: sitting here thinking,
0: honestly, I'm thinking man who should have been playing in Kentucky, and I believe
4: that.
0: Me too. And I know I know that uh, yeah. that well, had a problem it, with it, recruiting. I'll,
2: I'll admit yeah.
0: that. You'll admit that we both know he's the greatest exes and those coach. How you doing, brother? Yeah. Welcome to Kentucky basketball across the bluegrass. I think we have Larry Ball
3: on there. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just had tried to call and it told me goodbye, so I thought you didn't need me tonight. <laughs> no, Larry, we, no way.
0: We've been having technical all night long. Benny's got <laughs> a
3: little intro for you. So what,
1: you, you want to introduce him to uh everybody out there, Benny? Yes, Larry Vault, he's at Vault's
0: Views. He is uh he's a Hall of Fame
4: Kentuckian,
0: honestly. He is he is the man. There ain't no doubt about that about You know, and uh, he's from Danville. Uh, He's Sports Writer of the Year, National Sportscasters and Sportswriters Association. He's won numerous Kentucky Association Writing Awards. He's a member of the Kentucky High School Athletics Association Hall of Fame. I think most of you guys know this guy, by the way, (laughs) because we definitely know Larry Boss. But he's a syndicated U.K. sports column of... Appeared in over 30 newspapers across the state as well. And I'm not trying to blow you up or Larry, but you're just a big time. You know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that very much. So, so thank you a bunch. It's uh, nice of you to say all that. Uh, even if you and just also, made And also, happy okay. birthday. Happy, happy late birthday. I know your birthday has been in the last couple of days. And
0: uh, I hope you're doing well. I know it's hard to keep track of the days this time. I mean, I mean, we're in a crazy... It's it's just a crazy situation, you know, the the quarantine and the the coronavirus, and we were trying not to bring that up, but it's just the truth. I mean, we don't know what
3: we're doing from day to day. No, and we don't know what's going to happen going forward with with anything, and it makes for some difficult times, but like I say, we just have to kind of do the best we can and try to stay optimistic about things and hope for the best in some ways, but I just uh, saw where the president has now called for social distancing through the end of April and saying now that he thinks the economy won't even start to get going again until June 1st. So that's that was a pretty sober, sobering doubt coming from a man that's tried to be pretty optimistic up until today. Yeah. And, and, and
1: Larry, Larry, what do you think this does for the recruiting period, you know, that's coming up in July. I mean, all this is going to get pushed back and possibly even canceled. So what does this do going forward for Kentucky as far as recruiting? And what about the incoming recruits? Are they are they even thinking anything different? I mean, they may not even get to play this this kind of season.
3: And that's, that's a scary thought to me. Yeah, I mean, I think none of them really know from – Uh, whether it's a coach or or whoever it is, nobody really knows what is going on right now. I mean, you you hope that you do and you think that you do, but they they just really don't know. And I don't know how we're ever going to know going forward. I mean, I think we can assume that everything's going to not even be thinking about anything until June the 1st. I mean, and I think uh, this morning – a couple of folks were saying it was pretty definite the NBA draft would be postponed because they were hoping to be playing NBA games in June. You couldn't really have the draft going on while you were trying to play games, which makes sense, but I think at at this point, I think you've even got to start to wonder about the college football season. I know not anybody is really wanting to say that for sure, but any coach or conference commissioner or anything, they basically just give you a I don't know and for an answer instead of saying, oh, no, we're not worried about that at all, which tells me they're worried about it an awful lot.
1: Yeah, and I, and I know it's Kirk Cur- Street, you know, hinted around about that, too, and, and it, it's it's very serious. And, and all we have, I mean, when we're talking about sports and we're talking about our enjoyment, but we've got a national pandemic going on. So, I mean, you know, sports take the back seat, obviously, and I know all three of us agree with that, but – but looking forward to and you want to... Honestly, to
0: more. Than, I think it's more than a pandemic. I think it's beginning to be something else, and you know the next word, and I don't want to say it, but I think it's it's getting to that point because you think about Kentucky football, <laughs> man, we, we're sitting here thinking we're finally going to have a team that's got a chance to win the SEC. But I, I don't... I honestly don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to cancel the season, and I hate that for all of us. You know what I mean? I hate it,
3: but I think it's coming. Well, I would like to tell tell you that I know you're wrong, but I think an awful lot of me is wanting to say that you are correct. I mean, I've, I've been holding off hope. I had was finally going to get to take my four grandchildren on a cruise in in June and was – Really excited about that. My wife and I were going on a cruise in May to Alaska, and when we had to bite the bullet on that one, it wasn't so bad. But then I thought, well, you know, by June all this is going to be okay. And now I've already decided by the end of June it's not. And I mean, I don't know when things are ever going to be okay again. That's a that's a tough thing to deal with. I know athletes at the high school level, athletes at the college level. I watched the thing on uh, NBC this morning or this afternoon, I've kind of lost it. As you say, it's kind of hard to remember what time of day you were yeah. doing anything because you don't have to what go. What day it is. But, yeah, but, what but, some, but sometime today I watched something on NBC talking with the Olympic athletes. And I mean, you think it's tough on the college guys, the NBA guys, right? these Olympic athletes have been training four years for this one shot, and those of them that had already qualified – now they postponed yeah. it for a year. I mean, maybe they won't qualify yeah. next year. Maybe there'll be somebody better. And, I mean, that's just right. devastating to those folks. But then again, when you're seeing another report today that now they're saying we might have 200,000 deaths in the United States, canceling yeah. the Olympics is not such a big deal compared to that. But it's just <laughs> such a different thing right now I mean we, we, we get up you got nowhere to go you got nothing to do you, if you find a grocery store that's open you run in and try to get out of there as quick as you can and I mean it's, yeah. it's just weird. man it's, it's crazy it, it is
1: it's
3: and, crazy. And, and you're
1: right and you're, you're talking about you know people investing time and effort in and, and money and and everything they invest in in preparing for something like that and Olympics is a great point Larry And and I'm glad you brought that up and but you know, it's the same with with any of these recruits, or or you know, even in the in the job market. So, you know, if someone's looking for a job, I mean, everything's slowed down. The the country's slowed down. The economy's slowing down. And it, you know, I tell you what, we we actually went to Walmart today over in Benton, and I know you're you're familiar with with Benton, Larry, because I met you over at the Marshall Hoops Fest several times there, uh, and yeah. in the past few years. And but. uh you know these grocery workers, just just diligently going to work and and, and doing what they need to do. And, and you know they're they're you know we talked about teachers early in the show with Jr. Vanhoo, but let's give some credit to these people too because they're going into work and and they're making sure we have food for our families. Yeah, ain't it's, making nothing. <laughs> yeah.
3: well that's true. I mean the, the teachers are sacrificing because their routines are disrupted, but they are all basically safe because they're. You know working by themselves and still trying to do the best they can for our kids and and God bless them for that because I know my four grandchildren two live in Northern Kentucky and two live in Tennessee they are struggling with this my youngest one he's he's quit school because he doesn't like what's going on right now. he just like he just said he's going to quit and I mean but I understand the frustration but but you're right gro- grocery workers met, uh, the, all those at the different hospitals. And, clinics and, and the fire and police. I have a son-in-law that's a, a police a police sergeant in Nashville, and one of those people that works under him uh, ha- has been tested positive for the virus, so they've had to yeah, a lot of precautions sad. down there. So it's uh, it, it's hitting home more and more. I've I've not really seen any updates today like with Carl Towns' mother.
4: Yeah, I, I was
3: wondering about that myself. I, I've, and I've here's the a sad a lot part. Of I was telling... Grocery store worker today.
0: I said I want you to know because we had to have a few groceries. We 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 had, we'd buy like two weeks' supply, which I know we probably shouldn't have. We had, and I had to go to the grocery store today to get a few things. And I told her, I said, I want you to know we appreciate you all because without y'all, most of us would probably starve to death. And she started crying. Like you, the first person that said that, and I'm thinking, how could I be the first person to say that to these? I mean, these people are putting themselves on the line for probably. Minimum wage, most of them. Well, and it's, sad. it's
4: interesting.
3: Yeah, it's it's interesting you said that today because I did something today that I've never done in my life before, and that was to uh, go through a drive-through window at McDonald's, which I've done that, but the, for the first time, I left a tip for the person that was doing the cashier work there. Kind of thought. You know, wow, here right. we are out here making yeah. sure I can buy fish sandwiches take them to my mother. I, I would have never, ever thought of leaving a tip for somebody to drive through window before.
1: But right. then they right. invite,
3: I'm going to do that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and you
1: And know, another thing, it, it, as warm as our culture is in the South, in, in Kentucky especially, the one thing, the one difference I see is just when you go into these stores. Everyone is – and my dad was from Detroit, so I spent a lot of time in Detroit, Michigan. And, and it has the big city feel where people are just in a hurry, a little bit rude, uh, just, you know, not sociable at all. And it, it, it's just a, it's a culture shock for me that way because everybody is very diligent about what they're doing in there. And it, it, there's no nonsense going on in there. And uh, that, that, to me, is one of the biggest culture shocks with this pandemic for me.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been hard. I mean I did video conferences with Mark Stoops and uh, John Calipari both this week, and you could tell they are genuinely worried about the, about their players and future of the game mm-hmm. and our, our state here and everything like that. I mean you can tell they're very concerned about everything that's going on. I talked to high school coaches probably like what JR mm-hmm. does, and they don't know when or if they're going to see their players or what they're going to mm-hmm. be able to do again. And I, I mean I think it's just a Pipe dream to think there's even going to be school again this year. So you can't have school. How do you even think about having sports? And uh, I talked with Julian Tackett, the HSAA Commissioner, the other day, and he said that even when things start to get back to normal, then you've got a there's going to be a huge emphasis on academics because of what everybody has missed if they end up missing the rest of this school year. And he said, so do you start right back in in the in the fall if that's when classes start again? And do you resume sports immediately without giving these kids the chance mm-hmm. to reacclimate ac- academically? I'd never thought about something like that, but I think Julian has a pretty good point right there. So yeah. I, I just don't know what's going to happen. No, and, and you're right, and it's
1: this affects. I mean, we're we're so keyed in on basketball right now because we we were basically robbed from March Madness with this and. But but think of all the sports that it's affecting. I mean, we're looking at, at golf and at Major League Baseball and, and and football, and there is so much that happens during the summer for for preparing for for your fall sports and, and Major League sports. It, it just it, and I, and Larry, I know you've never seen anything like this before. None of us have. And, and where, where do you think it does go and and what are you hearing as far as the, the recruiting period? Are are the are they the coaches? Obviously, are still in some conversation with the players. But what what are they what are they looking at? Are they going to have no recruiting period? or Are they going to open it up more? Or what do you think?
3: I, I don't think they know and I don't think most coaches care right now because they got more things that they're worried about. So I think they're just going to try to recruit however they can. I, I like what John Calipari said. He said everybody's in the same boat, so let's not worry about a lot of those things right now. I mean, of course, he's in a good position because he had his recruiting for this year basically done, but I think he's right. I mean, if if you don't have any summer recruiting, you've still got the whole school year to recruit kids that are juniors up now and will be seniors, so there's no need to rush into doing something that's rash. I mean, you've got You've got videos, you'll still be able to call guys at a certain amount of time, and they can't visit campuses right now anyway. So mm-hmm. I think you just go and do the best you can. But then again, you look like this past week, Kentucky got a, a pretty big... Football commitment from Kaya Sharon, the quarterback at Somerset. So there's still going to be talking yeah. things still going on, but I mean, if you, if you take like Kaya there at Somerset, well, he doesn't know if he's going to have a senior football season at Somerset. So I mean, it's okay. it's like a lot of crazy things going on. Yeah, absolutely. And Benny,
0: did
1: I lose you?
0: No, I'm here. I'm listening. To, I actually had a call coming in, but. Get dropped. I was going to put the call on, but but uh, they didn't wait long enough. Maybe they'll call back. But but yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you guys. It's it's just a wild, crazy thing, and we don't know we don't know what's going to happen. And here the caller's coming back in. Let's, let's let them in here and see what uh, we what do you got. Welcome to Kentucky basketball across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee, and we also have Larry on If you want to ask a question, go right ahead.
3: Hello, my name's Jerry Hey, um, what's your funny. question I, Larry I already have talked
5: about this, but uh um,
3: I was wanting to know
5: uh, what any word on um I know five of them have declared,
3: and um of the five, I'm thinking three will be back
0: i'm I'm right there with you myself. We'll see what Larry thinks, and
3: I know Larry has to be careful what he says. But I, I think Larry has an opinion, just like we do. Oh, Larry didn't have to be careful about anything. He just works for himself. He can do say whatever he wants. He, he doesn't have to worry. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I I think it's just hard. I mean, I think I, th- I think Tyrese Maxey, I mean, if there is a draft, he's going to, he's going to be a, f- a first round pick. And I assume there's going to be a draft of some kind at some time. So, yeah, I think Tyrese uh, goes. Now, the other four, I'm really starting to kind of wonder, I mean, what happens if they postpone the draft till August or something like that, and then these guys are thinking, okay, do I take a chance on going ahead and staying in the draft and maybe not getting picked as quick as what I thought, or do I just decide, okay, I'm just going to come back to Kentucky right now and take a chance that Kentucky's going to have a normal season, it'll be a normal draft next year, and I'll go go from there. I mean, I I don't think – Ashton Hagens will be back, and I don't think Nick Richards will be. But then again, with all the different things right now, I I don't know. Emmanuel quickly, I mean, I think I can argue that he will will be back or he won't be back. I feel pretty strongly about it either way. It's hard to imagine he's going to have a better season. He's also a guy that I think enjoys being at U.K. And his family doesn't have to – didn't need him to make money and to rush and do anything that he might not want to. EJ, I just don't think his draft stock's going to be high enough for him to leave. But, again, I think right now all these guys are not going to be combines. They're going to depend on what's gone on in the past. And and also I, I would probably go along with what you guys are saying about I would I would guess three would be gone and two might be back. But, I mean, it could be five would be gone, four would be gone, four would be back. I think there's so many unknowns that none of us really know, including John Calipari from all I can tell. I mean, heck, he didn't know Johnny Juzang was going to transfer. (laughs) I got two questions for you, and you
0: you don't have to answer them if you don't want to. One, I'm not sure Kentucky wants Ashton back, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And two, I think think, – quickly needs to come back to show he can run some points. And that would probably get him mid-range first round if he shows that he can do that. Because I think it's important to those guys, even though we all know he can do it if he wants to, because we, I've seen Ashton. And I think, I watch the, the NBA game quite a lot. And I'm thinking, if you don't think Ashton's a first-rounder, then you don't know basketball. I'm telling you about Ashton. I'm sorry. Quickly is a first-rounder. I think is a first-rounder right now. I don't know what the draft boards are saying because they haven't been updated, but I think Quickly could be a first-rounder
3: right now. What do you think, Larry? Well, I think if he's a first-rounder, he would be gone. Uh, definitely. I think the NBA guys that I talk to aren't as worried about his running the point, as they just are about his size. And that's the one thing that won't change. If he comes back to Kentucky, he's still going to be the same size he is he is now. One thing they really like is the fact he can make those three-point shots. So I, I don't know what will go on there. But but with Hagen's, I, I think mm-hmm. Calipari would take him back in a heartbeat. I think John has that knack that he can get along with guys that sometimes may drive everybody else a little crazy. But John doesn't mind an emotional, competitive guy that sometimes crosses a line a little bit with his outburst and all. John did not have any problems at all with that, and I think – I think he would take Ashton back in a heartbeat, but I, I believe in Ashton's mind, he thinks he's ready to go play in the NBA, and I hope he's right. When I watch him shoot, I'm wondering what makes him think that, but if he believes it, <laughs> it works out. I mean, so, I mean, I never thought Michael Mulder would sign a contract like what he did with Golden State. Either. Yeah. Well,
1: uh,
3: and
1: Larry, what do you think the fallout was with what do you think the fallout was with with Higgins and Calipari, was it was it as as big a deal as everybody made it out to be?
3: I think yes and no. I think if you remember the week or so before Calipari had been talked about maybe wanting to rest him for a game anyway to let him get healed up, I think he was a little bit more banged up than a lot of us knew. I think Ashton was exactly. frustrated with himself, not necessarily his team, but was frustrated with himself, and I think those couple of little – emotional outburst he had when he got into it on the bench with Calipari then he got into it with Nick Richards. I think it was just kind of one of those decisions that, hey, let's just take some pressure off of him. Let's let him stay home. Let's let him rest up. Let's get ready to win this NCAA championship and have a fresh, rejuvenated Ashton Hagens. So I don't think it was going to be any big deal at all when Kentucky played its first game in the SEC tournament if they have been allowed to play. All right, guys. And
0: we guys, we have another caller. It's got a question,
3: so I'm just going to let them
0: in since since this is a crazy time. We're just going to let them in and see what they got. Welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass. You're on with Benny and Lee and Larry Vaught.
3: Yes, uh, it's still me. Uh, I have to agree. I think the way the season ended and Ashton with, called a temper tantrum or whatever, it might most come back because it ended school. Hadley with not getting a chance to prove that he really was part of the team. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. Yeah. it's hard to know because I, I I think Ashton is a guy that his teammates liked. I don't think his teammates had any problems with him. I think his group got along pretty well as a group, including Johnny Juzang. I don't think Johnny had any problems either yeah. with anybody on the team. And, you know, some guys just decide, though, that they're ready to go and they're going to go no matter what, that this is their time to go and try and prove it. That's what they want to do. And Ashton may just be one of those guys that thinks, okay, I need to go do this. He's a little bit older than some other guys are, and he may figure a year in the G League would be better for him than another year at at Kentucky. And you can probably argue that. one way or the other, but if that's what he thinks that's what he believes, then he'll be better off going ahead and doing that.
4: Larry, I don't think
3: anything would be better for you than a year at Kentucky, in my honest opinion.
0: I think Calipari and Kenny Payne as well know what it takes. I'm not saying that they're the greatest pro, they run the greatest pro offense or the greatest pro defense. I'm just saying they know what it takes to get you to the next level. And I think it's hurt several guys through the years by not putting their faith in those guys. And if you just actually look at the track record of Kenny Payne and what he's done with Carl Towns and some of those, and
1: Randall, and well, some of those and, big guys, and, well, look at Randall. what he did with. Look at what he's done with Nick Richards this year, and say Alexander. I mean, nobody thought say Alexander <laughs> or
0: Tyler Hero were a first-round pick in the beginning, but they made them that.
3: And sometimes yeah, a, I think. Uh, go ahead, Larry. I was going to say that's exactly right. But then, like say you, you flip around and Michael Mulder, thought, you know that he could have done this, done that, and he went the G League route, and now it's going to work out pretty good for him. And Derek Wilders stayed all four years at Kentucky, and, he, and he's playing over in Germany and doing okay. But he's not in the NBA. So I mean, I think these guys just have to do what's in their heart. I think Calipari is really good at encouraging them to do that and then helping him in any way that he can. And I, I think the one thing about it, you have to want to be a Kentucky 100% or you're better off going ahead and doing what you thought you were going to do. If, if Ashton's 80% wanting to come back, but then 20% wondering about what might be, if that's the case, then he's not going to be the player that Kentucky needs. And they'll be no. better off if he goes ahead and, and goes. And, again, it's hard for anybody to make that decision except, him, and then when you throw in all that's going on right now, I think it just makes it even harder. And the, and the other part of that is is that these guys aren't around Calipari right now for him to kind of counsel them and, and advise them a lot. He can do it on a, a phone call every now and then or a conference call every now and then. But they can't just come by the baseball office and step in and say, hey, Coach, I've been wondering about this. I think if I do this, I do this. They can't do that. I mean, I think if Johnny Juzang hadn't gone home because of the virus, he, his name might not be in the transfer portal right now either if he'd still been around at Kentucky playing the SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, and not back home with family and friends that are telling him, hey, you're better than what Calipari said you were. You ought to have been playing in front of quickly Maxie and Higgins, and I think some of that kind yeah. of got to Johnny.
1: Yeah, and, and I Tiger. think sometimes that, that's the influence that happens, and, I, I, you know, and I've talked to Maxie Juzang, and, 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 it, and it was all about being homesick, and They were 100% committed as a family. But, you know, you get back to your your Compton team and you see what they're doing. And, and, and Larry, just like we we talked to J.R. Vanhoof before you came on, and and I think that in in the back of his mind it was, well, I'm probably not going to play a lot here or I may not get a lot of starting time and and maybe not appreciate it. I'm going to go somewhere I can play because, hey, guys, it's all about being on that court, and it really doesn't matter where you play. Because if you play at Marshall and, and you're a good player, you're going to be drafted to the NBA, you know. and It's yeah. no different than Kentucky. You now, does Cal Perry prepare these guys better? Yeah. He does a great job of preparing them. But if you're a talented ball player, I learned a long time ago, it's about being seen by these scouts. Because if you're on the bench, these scouts can't evaluate you very well.
3: Well, no, that's true. So, again, it's just – and normally we'd be knowing we'd find out pretty quick by into this month who is going to stay in the draft and who's not but I'm sure that's going to be pushed back yeah. too so uh well it'd be interesting, like what would happen if four of them came back <laughs> they got all these guys yeah. coming in and they got four back yeah, we well, exactly. talk about a roster next year so it's, and I, I don't know, but it's going to be—it's kind of funny. We don't have anything else to do but to speculate right now, so I guess we might as well speculate because we're not either either moaning we're not either moaning that Kentucky didn't make the Final Four today or celebrating because they did make the Final Four.
1: And Larry, and, Larry, I've got two things I want to ask you, and I know we're running tight on time, and you know, we can't thank you enough for being on and hope everything and Dan was good and hope you guys are staying safe and, and our prayers are with you and your family. And I know you talked about your, I think it was your son-in-law or your son in Nashville. Our prayers were with him too. And, uh, but but uh, I want to know, you know, Kentucky was on such a, it, it seemed like the momentum was going our way. And it, it really seemed like the, I felt some magic with Ashton Hagen's thing, Simmer to Antoine Walker, and Patino pulled him in in the SEC tournament years ago in '96. And also with this, I want to know what your thoughts are on where Kentucky. What what did you feel about Kentucky going into the NCAA tournament? Not even not even looking at the SEC tournament. I think they were on a roll, but and then who? What recruit are you the most excited about coming into Kentucky this fall and why?
3: Oh, that's a lot of good questions right there. I think uh, uh, probably the, the one recruit I would say, uh, Boston, and I'm a little prejudiced because I got a chance to watch him a couple of games when I was out in Las Vegas this year, and I watched him in, per- in, in person. and Really, really came away impressed with him so i would say him based on what i've seen i would say terrence clark based on what i've heard but i've not seen terrence except in kind of some videos which most of those guys look really good in the short that you see like that but i know i've watched enough of brandon boston to know that i really really like what he's going to be able to do And i thought going into the tournament i thought the Kentucky chances were as good as as anybody i don't say had the right pieces. Uh, I I like guards. I think Nick Richards gave them what they needed. I think coming off that emotional last week where you blew that lead to Tennessee and then came back and won at Florida without Hagen's and without Quickly on the court the last 10 minutes, I thought they were getting ready to really crank it up. And I think just from listening and being around Calipari, that he believed the same thing. And when usually when he has that little swag going into March, his teams have played really, really good. So I was really looking forward to seeing what was going to happen.
2: Thank you,
0: Larry. And, Larry, we appreciate you calling in that. We won't keep you any longer. We won't take up any more of your time, but it's been an honor. Like I say, I follow you, and uh, mm-hmm. I read a, a lot of your articles, and it's it's nice having you in on Kentucky basketball across the bluegrass. and
3: if there's anything you're doing right now, you want to let people know. Let them know. Right, just you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at VossViews. You can see my stuff at uh, com and in uh, about 30 papers across the state. And hopefully have a chance to read one of them and let them know you appreciate uh, them still running sports because a lot of a lot of papers aren't running any sports right now, which I think is a no. big mistake. But who am I to say?
4: Now, I agree, you, you're.
1: a lot like to say you, you're a big voice in it. And, Larry, and I hope to see you soon at a tournament. And I hope, I hope we're going to have some tournaments to run into each other this fall. Amen. I,
3: I, I'm with you. So, thank you guys for having me. Thank Not you. a problem. Thanks for coming on. on. See you later, Larry.
1: Well, Benny, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you other than these shows just, we're elevating too. it seems like we're building momentum like Kentucky was this season. And, uh.
0: You know, Well,
1: actually, 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 we have a caller coming in right now. Let's bring on uh,
0: from SEC Sports Talk. Welcome on to the show, brother. What have you got for us tonight? How
2: what you doing, are boys?
0: It's, it's John. How
2: you, it, how, yeah, uh, how you doing? I'm right? hear from you again.
1: Okay. How you doing, brother? How
2: you doing? Hey, it's, I'm doing as much as I can with this coronavirus thing going on right now. It's a it's amazing. Well, that's not to a whole lot, me. man. That's
1: not a whole lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, you know, when we were talking, I tell you what—just not being able to go out to the restaurants—it's it, it, just—it's it, crazy. It's just a surreal feeling.
2: You know what I mean? It is, and you know, I was talk I was listening with with Flurry there. He was talking about when Cal talked about how going into the NCAA tournament being swaggy. I was kind of excited myself because. You know, he was pumped about going into the tournament because they was going to get Ashton Hagen's back and they was going to get some fresh legs in there. And I felt like, you know, we had as much chance to win the whole tournament as anybody. And knowing that Cal had that swag about him right before the tournament kind of made me disappointed when they canceled the whole thing.
0: Oh, God. I don't even want to talk about it. I've been so depressed since they canceled. I kind of (laughs) understand now. But I'm depressed, and Lee, we got about
1: 30 seconds. Let them have it. I know, and guys, I'll tell you what—it's it, not knowing. It's not knowing. I think that's what's driving me the craziest—is not knowing where Kentucky would end up. And you know, we'd either be happy now or sad now because Kentucky's either in or out. I mean, but but guys, uh, Big Blue Nation, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, if you didn't catch it live, you can catch us later. Uh, you can always replay us. Be sure and listen to John on SEC Sports Talk now. Uh, also, catch Larry Bottom Box Views, and J.R. Van Hoos is doing his thing over there in Paintsville. And, and we love you guys, and, and stay safe. And remember, this is Team Kentucky. Stay strong. We're going to beat this thing.
0: That's
1: right. And, John, you call us
0: any time, brother. You're family. And uh, I don't want you I, to think that
2: you're not. Big Blue. Nation's John will get always with me for
1: sure. Let's get well, you
2: on next uh, week. Okay. I'm free. I'm free all week next week. I've I've got some things going. I got a page on Facebook it, It's more of a just a fan site kind of. It's like a Kentucky sports news. I'm just giving people fans that don't get a chance to read their news. I give them opportunity to. To read what's going on going on around Kentucky basketball and football because a lot of these fans don't don't get on social media and they don't get on these other things and just giving fans the opportunity to read what's going on in the world, especially in the times that we're in, is a is a kind of a big plus for everybody. Without a doubt,
0: we all gotta help with this situation that we're in and uh, we do. like I said, John, you your family, brother.
2: We want you anytime am, you want to be. Big good nation's always family brother.
0: And I wanna say night to everybody. Thanks for John. Thanks for uh thanks for Lee. Thanks for Larry. Thanks for J.R. Van Hughes. And I love each and every one of you. We're gonna get through this together. We're gonna to make it. And Lee, you my brother from another mother son.
2: Okay.